the galloping pony, an American spirit, all power, all performance, all styling, all electric, an icon reimagined, the all-electric Ford Mustang Mach-E, for the head and the heart. Ford, bring on tomorrow. Search Mustang Mackey. Welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little Ali je ne sais quoi. Big shout out, as always, to the Gridiron family, of which we are proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986, and joining me, as always, is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how the devil are you, my friend? I'm hanging in there. How are you? I'm all right, but you got you are flat out, my man. I mean, you are busy. I know people that are busy, but you take that and you put a you know jam sandwich on it, and you you take it to another level, my friend. How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Is that is that a good thing? Bad thing? I can't tell. How are you doing it? So, are you using recrea- <laughs> recreational drugs or something that Aaron Rodgers would would use, or is it just coffee that's getting you through? Pure perseverance, monkey sweat, goat placenta. What is it? Coffee. Irish coffee is around six o'clock if the writer's block really sets in. Maybe you'll you'll drop yourself a little Irish coffee to, to kind of get over the hump there. Um, you know, just hardcore cigarettes, you know, anything that's available legally um, to give you a burst of energy on 19 hour days, I, I will take. Hardcore cigarettes. So are they different from normal cigarettes? <laughs> no, man, you tell me. Okay, fair enough. It's a good breaking bad scenario there. On today's show, Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to hit you, as we always do, with NFL headlines that we're foreseeing for next week. We're going to give you our predictions of what the headlines are going to be after this weekend of football. Then we'll go into the game show for this week, which today is Through the Keyhole, which was always a favourite of mine. And instead of going into a NFL player's house, Stereo Mike's going to give us some clues like they would do in Through the Keyhole when going into a house, and we will try and guess who the player is. Then we'll go to a little taste of Ireland with Stereo Mike. He'll give us a bit of an Irish lesson and we'll finish with listeners' questions. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us any week, you can do. Hit us up, mcfquestions at gmail.com. Whether it's a question, an opinion, a bit of abuse, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. And you can also find us on Twitter at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more, as if there were any others, and at Michael underscore nfl but before we get started ollie can you remember when we used to do the mcfs show back in the day for so many years we used to have the occasional story time with tom do you remember that it was my favorite thing yeah story time with tom now i'm gonna hit you with story time with tom to start off this week before we get into the nfl headlines and a bit of a dilemma i was faced with and i'd want to know what you guys would do so essentially what happened is i went to the office early and so i went to the mcdonald's my local mcdonald's which is just down the street from the office right and i said i'm gonna get myself a sausage and egg mcmuffin okay so i went in and you know you've got the order points mm-hmm. yeah so i put it in sausage egg mcmuffin two pound 49 or whatever extortionate price it is that they're charging now for that material which probably hasn't been nowhere near a pig uh to start with anyway i type it in you know you do the thing you put your your contactless card down um, no receipt thing comes through with my order number on. Now, it displays on the screen 64. Okay, great. Then I, I turn and I see the state of the queue. Horrendous, people all over the place, no sense of a queue at all. The screen with the order numbers isn't working, so it's not on there, so you don't know which order's on its way. And there seems to be one person doing the cooking, the wrapping, and the passing out to people. This is in a quite a... 
big suburban area as well. Now, I was disappointed for a start, but I, I wanted the food, but I also was quite busy and I was faced with a dilemma. Do I stay or do I go? Or And if I stay, how do I handle that situation? Ollie, what so this is a tough one. So the question is, uh, do you stay um, and just battle it out on weight or are you just, so you're saying you're absconding from the £2.49? That is an option. That is an option. So is that the option or is the option to just kind of, it's kind of a free-for-all situation. Nobody knows what order is what and you just kind of grab out what is available. That is an, another wrinkle because clearly a lot of other people were in the same situation. Mm-hmm. So what did you go for? I absconded, Ollie. Now, was that the worst thing? I just was like, I can't be asked with this. And I just left. Is that bad chat? Because I, 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 and I was disappointed every single the rest time of the day. I've walked into McDonald's since I turned like 25. I've thought, walked in and gone, you know what? I don't want to be in this zoo. I, I have too much pride to stand in a zoo of food and have a burger thrown at me with no care and told to eat on a child's tray. I, I think uh, I think there comes a time in life where a man can look at himself and say, or oh, woman, and say, that was Brenty, wasn't it? Or, um, and say, you know what, 249 sunk cost, let's just go get a meal deal. And that's what I did. I, I left <laughs> Ollie, and instead what I did is I got an orange Danish pastry from Birds. Nice. Nice. I say you won that. Now, before, and this is... Yeah, I did. And before we went to the NFL, you know, they were they were not able to sell orange Danish pastries at Birds. If you don't know what Birds is, it's something in, in the Midlands and the North, which is a bakery. And it's fantastic. Orange Danish pastries, because apparently they couldn't get the orange curd. And for a year, they they or maybe even two years, they didn't have them. Now, recently, they brought them back, Ollie. And my Danish pastry consumption has gone <laughs> through the roof. It's quite concerning. Now, I don't want people to get the, the, the wrong impression here. You have a slender runner's body. You're very gaunt in the face. Yep, yep. He's he's, he's making a bicep uh, situation going on there. Ga- gaunt in the face? What's that Yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. Slightly gaunt in the face. Uh, maybe too thin, some would suggest. Maybe a couple more pastries. And yet you, you're kind of professing yourself to be a man of the people here with birds, with McDonald's. This is not the time I know. So hang on, where should I be dining? If, I, if I'm looking for Lord's, an early... The Lord's member section... <laughs> I should be going into Marks and Spencer's and demanding a sandwich from somebody working on the suit counter. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I see. I, I see you. I see you, Connolly. Okay, let's take it to the headlines. So NFL headlines this week, Ollie. You and I are going to bounce back and forth between these, and let's think about what's going to happen over this weekend. So I'm going to give you my first headline, Ollie. Here we go. You should. Know what, you should, you should lay this up for people, by the way, just so people <laughs> realize. <laughs> Every week on the MCFS, we like to predict what the main headline. Oh. I don't want people to think they've like w- woken up in some no, time no, no. up in there in the future. That was terrible hosting on my part. I apo- I apologize. So my first headline that I think is going to come up next week is the following: Kirk flips a coin pre-game and decides bad Kirk will come to play against Detroit, resulting in a Lions victory for the ages, including two pick sixes of Kirk Cousins. Ollie, the Lions bouncing onto two wins in a row. How do you feel about them apples? I like them apples. The, the Lions look really, really good. Really good. Um, and it's more than just kind of the Dan Campbell bravado of it all. And that's the, the element I think they get to everyone excited in the sense that something a bit different, something special is going on. They're absolutely... Um, the team of the public, I'd say, in which they have the obviously the most feel-good factor. People want them to be good. I think people want that fan base to have a, a good run, not just like a year here or there. Everyone likes Dan Campbell. I think everyone kind of likes that staff because 
What Dan Campbell has done in the most wonderful way is populate his entire building with former players. There's no, like, nerd who, you know, studied at Harvard and knows all the schemes. He just went and got himself brilliant coaches, and they've all played. And so it's entirely in that kind of rah-rah vein. Um, and I love it, man. And they do really creative stuff on offense. They're, they're getting much better on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know which Kirk's going to turn up, and you never know which Vikings uh, is going to turn up. That's the way they've always been. That's the way that they will continue to be. Yeah, they had to turn up in week one, though, didn't they? Apart from, actually, I think it was probably the Packers who didn't turn up more than anything. Do you not think, though, with Detroit, the when I was watching Hard Knocks, the way I was watching it with my wife, the defensive coordinator, Glenn, and the offensive... What's his name? Is it Juice... Um, was it Juice McAllister? It's it's a Johnson, isn't it? It's a Ben Johnson, is the... Not the offensive coordinator, the running back's coast. It's Juice McAllister, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The way they're joining each other, and Juice McAllister, he lost his voice. And I was just like... You're the, it was mainly at McAllister. You're the coach, man. What the hell are you playing at? Because Glenn kind of was, for the most part, he wasn't really reacting. No, Aaron Glenn's a very cerebral guy. He's kind of a, an introvert who just sits in his office and just schemes stuff all day. Um, I love that in the building. I like there being friction. I like them be, there being competition between a staff as though there's, there's, there's this like faux camaraderie that they're not all trying to gun to move up the, the coaching ladder, which they all are. And hopefully you get to win as a staff along the way. Um, so I like that. I, I, I'm just, I'm wholly invested in this team. The way that they, that they played last week was really impressive. They're doing it without most of their offensive linemen. They, they have one of the three best O lines in the league, which is what makes them so special on offense. And then those guys haven't been healthy. So that that's, uh, that's really good. And the Vikings defense is, a complete crapshoot week to week. They have so many pieces that are either rookies or guys working back from injury where you have no idea how they're going to play. They're running a completely new style that changes how they play on the back end, which really changes uh, the way that, that Harrison Smith is playing. And that's something they're trying to navigate through. And it worked really well, just dropped on what the, the Packers do. Anyway, what they've built on defense is constructed entirely to stop the style of offense the Packers are running. So that was just a really favorable matchup week one and everything kind of went well, even though they busted a few coverages, right? And Christian Watson should have had a huge touchdown and the Packers just missed some throws and it caught with them in week two. So I am interested to see uh, what the Vikings look like in week three. The swift touchdown this weekend as well. He was, he was banged to rights and he got out. That was incredible. And Juice McAllister's words of you can be, you know, great were ringing in my ears. But if I was Aaron Glenn and Juice McAllister had lost his voice in, 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 during training, I'd constantly be going, to, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what bitch? Okay, anyway. Uh, Ollie, what's your first headline? Uh, my first headline is Josh Allen wraps up the earliest MVP in league history. Give me some of that Josh Allen love. That that guy is a is a baller. God, I'm talking like I'm in a Madden video game. What is wrong with me? Oh, Ollie, talk to me about Josh Allen. Well, this 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 entire Bills team, complete juggernaut. Um, they roll the Titans. I mean, it was it was somewhat close right until Taylor Lewan goes down for the Titans, and then that that defensive front just takes over. And um, you know, coming into the year, the Bills were were so high. They obviously they had Von Miller. There's there's just no flaw to the team. It's by far the deepest, and I think the most talented in the league. They have this quarterback who's you know throw him up in the air. They come down between Mahomes, Brady, him, and um, and um, who am I searching for? Herbert. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was the one I was looking for. Thank you. Of of the five of them, any one of them on any given week is 
the best in the league. And I do think there was a little bit of skepticism since the start of the season, particularly from the national media, that you know sometimes some things are too good to be true. That 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 team who gets close and everyone books them in as the favorite the next year doesn't often work that way, particularly when they go out and do the move, which is with a one move away situation, as they did with Vaughn. That doesn't really work out, but it's an unusually deep roster and it's an unusual one move away play. You don't often just get an 80 pressure a year pass rusher, which is what he is. Hall of Famer still performing at the absolute apex of his powers. Those guys just aren't readily available. And we've seen already through two weeks, he completely transforms what was already the best defense in the league by EPA per play, which is the best measurement of these things. They dropped in the most the, the most dominant thing you can put on a defense, which is a Hall of Fame pass rusher. So they're just a complete juggernaut. And I think they're going to win 15, 16 games. And that'll be Josh Allen winning the MVP. And they're going up against, obviously, the Darlings at the moment, which is the, the Dolphins. And if he goes in there and just clubs them over the head, and there's some really interesting stuff the Ravens did in that game at the weekend to the, the Dolphins defense. Obviously, the Dolphins offense got all the headlines, but there's some really interesting stuff the Ravens did to the Dolphins defensively, and they obviously dropped the 40-burger on the Dolphins defense. I think Allen and company will take into this game, and and they could have a, a massive week too, and they're better defensively than Baltimore is. Yeah, what happened in that Dolphins-Ravens game? I mean, that was bonkers. But jo- Josh Allen, mate, I, I think MVP is... I think it's almost nailed on. I'm not sure how you go in any either direction. And one of the things I want to share about the Bills is, and this is, again, most of the things come back to me as a Packers fan, is that I know he picked up an injury, but obviously Mika Hyde's still playing for the Bills. And I'm like, what? What? Is he? Seriously? Uh, and it's it's like that. It's like losing Casey Haywood. Anyway, let's not go back into that. Give me a quick 30 seconds. What the hell happened in that Dolphins-Ravens game? <laughs> Oh, they have the two quickest players in the league and they are totally unguardable, unguardable individually. And then to put them together is unfair. And they, they use them in really creative ways. And I won't bog this particular audience down with too much of my X's and O's nerdy stuff. But the way Mike McDaniels is using personnel packages is really creative and clever and gives them a ton of match advantages. And there's just only so much you can do defensively against that kind of speed and Mike McDonough has been really clever with deploying those guys together but with a third piece that kind of either hides them within the initial part of the play design or allows them to, to pop open free through play design so it's not just them playing isolation football and aren't we quicker than everyone else because you can layer the defense in such a way when it's that kind of one-on-one football he's doing cool stuff to get them out in the pattern free and then when they're in space they're quicker than everyone in the world so there's not really much you can do when there's two of them in it again. There's a third guy occupying space too beside them. So it's just, um, it's impossible, man. They're, they are the two quickest guys in the league and they are uncoverable. We've been saying this on the MCFS for years. You can't teach speed. Anyway, on to my and next Tua, headline. Uh, just before you say that, because I do have to say, I mean, Tua made four outrageous throws. So it wasn't like oh, yeah. this notion that they were just wide open, which is true. They are wide open the whole time. The game-winning throws was the Gusecki throw was the, the, the final touchdown throw too, that those were uncommon throws, and he just had an, an unbelievable fourth quarter. That man Gusecki finding himself a role. Let's move on, Ollie. I've got another headline for you. And again, with my headlines, ladies and gentlemen, and what you've got to realize each week, if you've not realized already, I'm just being provocative. Do I actually think these things are going to happen? Probably not. But you know what? It's fun. So how about this one? The Titans step up for their first win, relegating the Raiders to an 0-3 start as Derek Carr is jeered on the sideline and hit by a rogue burrito a la Fat Amy in Pitch Perfect. Ollie, what do you think of that? It's a tough one. You know, both these two teams, if you had said at the start of the season to most people, 0-2 starts, I don't think most people would have have gone for that. It's a great example of the importance of O-line play. They both have terrible O-lines and and it sunk them in. The Raiders played pretty well on Sunday. They got Kyler Murray. It could happen to anyone, but... 
O-lines are so important. And that Titans team, it's just right at the end of its cycle, they basically missed the window. Derek Henry, he's just not the player he was. The burst is not the same. You know, he got that plate in his foot last season. They rushed him back for the playoffs, and now he just doesn't move the same way he did before. And we saw when Derek Henry went down last year, when their offense becomes siloed between we're running the ball and now we're throwing the ball and they don't have any crossover. Derek Henry was the was the, the, the foundational piece, not just because of how good he is as a running back, but it allowed them to have this fluidity between the run and the pass game and the, their play action where they were basically the most effective team in the league for three seasons. And when you take him out and it becomes we're running the ball with one back and then we're going to throw the ball with a different back and we're going to have two different offenses based on the down distance, that the QB isn't good enough, the rest of the team isn't good enough, the old line certainly isn't good enough. And Henry covered so much of that up because he was at such a superstar level. Now that he's at a mortal level, we saw what happened against the Bills, and that is obviously a dominant defense, but it was like, what, 13 yards on 11 rushes to open the game, something just preposterous like that. He just doesn't have the juice to make guys miss in the hole. Um, and without that, their whole offense essentially crumbles down because they're forced into saying, okay, we're in third and medium or third and long, and can Ryan Tannehill take us to the promised land without A.J. Brown? And he's just he's just not that player. He certainly isn't. And imagine running with a dinner plate in your foot, particularly a 12-inch plate, Alan, Alan Partridge style. That must be a, a real hindrance. Uh, Ollie, give me your next one. Uh, yes, it is time to panic about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Offense. Ooh, ooh, Ollie, this has got. I you know people can't see this on the audio, but my hands are waving around because my next headline was going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers silence the doubters as the wide receiver core finally hits it up and Christian Watson scores on a 75 yard reverse because that seems to be the only way they're using it. Moan is on reverses. I ain't throwing you the ball, damn it. Talk to me about Tom Brady and this Bucks team then, because I, can I just say, we talk Packers all the time. But I know, on, but can I just quickly on Watson, because it really makes me laugh. Because the amount of just like coach speak, play speak bullshit. It's it's to the point of why do we even ask these guys to talk when we know that everything <laughs> they're saying is a lie so that we can have some content just to fill 24 hours. Then we'll talk to you tomorrow, bullshit some more, and we'll do 24 hours. The, the praise that he spent the whole offseason given to these guys, and they're way more advanced than I thought. And Christian Watson has no idea where he is, no idea where he's going. Does he know he's in Wisconsin? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> and so, as you said, he has become this jet sweep decoy where I am certain he'll take three or four to the house. He is he's so quick, you know, and, and they'll hit him with a couple of deep shots this year, but he can just not currently function in an NFL offense, particularly not in that Green Bay offense, which is really demanding um, on receivers, both in terms of blocking. That's why their offense, as Aaron has said now publicly, is we are centered around if Alan Lazard is healthy or not, which is an unbelievable situation to be in when you're the back-to-back MVP and every single game for you now is legacy-defining, that you are wholly reliant on the health of Alan Lazard. Hey, it's a lizard man, baby. We'll be fine. (laughs) Talk to me about Tom Brady, though. Well, you know, last, last week... They've had this issue with the Saints for years now. The Saints play a specific brand of defense against Brady, which really kind of muddies things up for him. And he's constantly... I mean, it's it's the defense that would stop any uh, quarterback in the league. It's two-man man coverage, two safeties deep. It's it's not exactly anything uh, creative. And they just hammer the shit out of receivers and hope they don't get calls. And they typically don't. Without Mike Evans, with all the injuries they have, 
I think we're going to have one of those weeks where there's a problem. And there's obviously all the other stuff going on off the field, which we, we could get into. He just looks so disgruntled, so unhappy. And this happened with them when they first got to Bruce Arians, right? When Bruce Arians and Tom Brady first got together, they were pretty terrible for six, seven weeks. Not terrible. They, they just really struggled. Every week was bitty. You never knew what you were going to get. They would have two good drives and there'd be just six drives of just, they will be a slugfest. Um, and so I, I just think we're going through that same motion with them with the top ball situation. And it's a team that now is essentially governed by balls and the defense. It's not as so much about Brady and the Packers defense, which has not been as impressive as it should have been this season. They, they fun stat for you, Tom, uh, as we discussed the Packers, you know how many times they've blitzed this season? Um, uh, uh, do you want a percentage? So they've played, let's do this properly. They've played this is a game show party yet, people, but let's do this properly. They've played two games this season, correct? And it was against Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, who struggles against perimeter blitzes, and the Chicago Bears and Justin Field, the second year guy who we don't know what his strengths or weaknesses probably are yet because he's barely played football. Um, how often did they blitz those two guys? And we'll just go straight dropbacks, no percentage. To be oh, fair, I did actually, I did actually watch those those games obviously as a Packers fan I mean I wasn't concentrating much on the Vikings because it was crap but I don't know five zero wow zero they have not blitzed a single time this season this after drafting Quay Walker who the the great thing about having Quay Walker is you can sit in nickel all game he can cover tight ends and you can also attack the backfield like no one else because he's just a, a pocket rocket it's quite bizarre. So that is problematic for the whole season, but that is exactly building the type of structure you want to replicate what the Saints do against Tom Brady. If you're just living in that world anyway, because your down four is so good and they have an unbelievable down four, right? That's that's the strength of the, of the defense. Um, then this sets up for it just being the wrong match with the wrong time for the books with their injuries. And I'm not saying the books are in trouble. I think they'll be fine. All the consternation about Brady and stuff, I still imagine at the end of the season, he'll be holding the trophy on the podium because that's just what he does. Um, but after this weekend, I think they could struggle to move the ball against that defense. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be into that time of how unhappy is he? Did he break another surface? All that kind of stuff. And I think we'll have a week of headlines of, is this it for Tom Brady? I can see that, and uh, I'd like the Packers defense to show up. That would be nice. But whenever you say pocket rocket, whenever anyone says pocket rocket, I just think of Jeanette Manrara. So now all I'm thinking now when <laughs> I see Quay Walker play is Jeanette Manrara with a helmet on. Anyway, got to love Jeanette Manrara. Looking forward to this season of Strictly. Uh, Tony Adams is going to be terrible. Right, Ollie, seeing as we hit my last headline um, in connected to your last one, let's round off this segment with your final headline. What you got for me, baby? Shock me, shock me. Matt Rule is out in Carolina. In the in the words of Cotton McKnight from Dodgeball, I feel shocked. What happens, man? What's happening? I think, you know, we come into the season, Matt Rule was fired until proven otherwise, right? He was kind of given one last throw of the dice because David Tepper, the owner there, who's very tempestuous, could not really find a, a appropriate replacement. He was trying to do one of these marriages like the Dolphins did, which is don't fire the coach yet, but call Sean Payton and Tom Brady and see if you can get them both to sign before you fire everyone else in the building. Tepper was doing all that stuff right can i get me a deshaun watson can i get me a russell wilson if i can get me one of those qbs i'll i'll get them the coach they want that was how they spent the offseason feeling that we'll roll matt back we'll trade for baker mayfield and it'll be a shit show and it, and it has been and they, they are so uninspired on offense defensively they got a ton of good pieces but it, it's just not enough to, to cover up for how poor the offense is and you go to a team in new orleans they're hosting new orleans this weekend it's been so uninspired if they lose and they lose to a team where the quarterback either has a broken back or he's Andy Dalton. Those are their two options, right? 
Jameis Winston, broken back, Andy Dalton. If you get beat by that, and that's possible because that Saints defense is really talented. I mean, what do we do? Why even bother waiting until later in the season? I think, and and Rule knows he's out, and there's a ton of college openings now. In college football now, they've cha- kind of changed the game where you get fired almost immediately in season. After one week, two weeks, they just fire you immediately to try and get ahead of the coaching cycle. Rule was a really good college coach. He'll be at the top of the list for a ton of college jobs. So I can see him, I can see them coming almost to an agreement of, look, we know what's happening at the end of the year. Let's just do this now. You can go and talk about the college gigs with other people. We'll stick an interim in here. It's not working. So I I would not be flawed if the first firing of the season happens in the third week. That would be fascinating. It's kind of like, remember the Titans, isn't it? When uh, you'll be fired at the first time of trouble. What do you classify as trouble? Lose a game. <laughs> so, oh, no. Um, I can see that, Ollie. I, I, this this whole Carolina project doesn't feel like it's going to work out for me. You know, like we were doing Dragon's Den a few weeks ago. You know, I'm not I'm not investing in this one, Ollie. No, and that's the problem they have. They made sense when you were looking at trading for a, a Watson or a Wilson. I, I'm trying to look at the board now because they want to swing big for a franchise guy, right? And I'm just looking at the board and it just feels like they, they've missed the window. They were never getting Rodgers. You look at who could be available as a veteran next offseason free agent or trade and you're getting into the Ryan Tannehill situations, which just screams of Carolina that they would do that. You're talking about Tom Brady. There's no way he's going there. Lamar Jackson is the one obviously linging over everything because of his contractual situation. I, I can't see him doing Carolina. That feels more like Miami or, or somewhere else. So... Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be back into a rebuild. They're gonna miss the window of having this really talented defense when they chased all these all these veteran players. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're gonna see next week in the headlines. You mark our words. Hey, let's move on to the game show. On to the game show, Ollie. And this week we've got through the keyhole, Mike. I'm going to bring you in here, my good, good chum, Stereo Mike, and you're going to tell us exactly how we are going to play this game. Thank you very much, Mr. Moore. I'm welcome in as well. Everyone's a through the keyhole. We're going to do this. We're going to have uh, five rounds, like five guessing situations, and it's going to be Tom versus Ollie. The first person to shout out the player's name wins. We're going to guess. Were these people born after I was born? Every player Mm -hmm. is currently in the league. Okay. Let's go. So this is the concerning thing for me, as uh, what do you call that man from Northern Ireland that was on that game show? What that sounds like something only you and three other people. Oh my god! What kind of a question is that? Can no, but he's got what? like an accent, and he's like so. Oh god, what's his name? Karen? No, he's not. He done like a really famous show back in a like, game show back in the nineties. Um, oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, do you? Oh, oh, <laughs> what, what? Uh, Roy? Roy? Yeah, Roy. I, I, Roy I, I, um... He did. He did catchphrase. He <laughs> catchphrase. He was on Phoenix Nights. He was. Oh, well, tonight Roy I'm going to be Roy Walker. Roy Walker. Okay. He got there as a team. Um, game. Does that count so as a point? Can I? Can I have that as the first oh, one? On, I, gave you the <laughs> uh, I gave you the alley oop. Fun fact: I actually hate the TV show through the keyhole. I don't like Keith Lemon. Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Um, oh, well, you, you, well, back for the week. <laughs> you, well, also you reference Keith Lemon. I'm thinking of. Um, the the guy used to do it like 20 years 20 30 years ago what was his name I mean, this, 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 this is what ollie said tom like like you know, if you weren't born then it's it's hard to it's uh all right <laughs> I'm, all I'm right joking, get, I'm on, get on with it then children <laughs> so i'm yeah this but i'm hoping that you know this goes long basically i'm hoping anyway <laughs> here's the first one just shout out the name lads whenever you're ready to go and it's best of five and we'll see okay, okay. um i am a cornerback currently playing in the nfl 
I went to Central Michigan and played football in Central Michigan in college. I have won a Super Bowl within the last three years. In the last three years. Are we getting any pause here to take stock or is, is I it... might I, I I might pause it now actually. Okay, Let's... okay, okay. So SMU. Corner not SMU, Central Michigan, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh Central Michigan, last three years. Won a Super Bowl, you say. Mm-hmm. Oh. Let's keep going. I'm struggling with that. I have a double barrel surname. Oh, now I like that. That's a great clue. That is a great clue. My brain is not firing up today. All I can think is Rogers Cromarty, but that's not. That's, and that's the only like list I have of clues. I'm hoping somebody gets. <laughs> Come on, double barrel names. It's going to be painfully obvious. This one hurts. Oh, I hope somebody see if, like, see if we get this. down to like six and there's only one nil or someone. I'm actually, I'm, I'm done with the show. I'm not coming back. It's fine. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I'm just going to think of people with double barrel name Edward Zelaya. <laughs> running back no i know exactly so I i'm just thinking this, of people with is, uh, names. he is in the nfc south it's in the nfc south so he plays for the book i i, I got no idea i bail on this one ollie <sighs> i had no way and i just cannot my brain is just not having it today guys um, okay tell us mike do you oh, want to no, give no, a stab no, on no, you no, no. sean murphy bunting did he play washington or did he play at cmu Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Central Michigan. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Yes, Sean oh, Murphy man. Bunting. So it's the, uh, did I say Bunting Murphy? I think I said Bunting Murphy. No, no, I, th- I think you said it. You said it spot on. Well done. So Ali is, Ali is 1-0 up. And Either Tom, way, uh, a, a name with Bunting in it has got to get credit. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, and like he's half Irish. That's surname, Murphy. Right. Um, next one, 1-0 to Ali. I am a wide receiver for an NFL team currently. I play... In the NFC, why do in the NFC? Do I get more? Do you get? Is this one where you get more points the quicker you answer, or is it just one irrespective? And like this is like Dragon Sam where, where we give ideas. I, I, this can evolve over the weeks, but as of tonight, okay. it's one point each. Okay. Uh, I'm 22 years old, oh, and I was okay. a fat. Oh, oh. Okay, well, if you're gonna read them all, I do. No, I was just gonna read. I was. I was gonna read one more and then stop. Descending points, and then there can be like, okay. Anyway, we should. We should probably brainstorm off her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 22 um, years old 22 years old a 5 star recruit wide receiver that's all I'm going to say for now 5 star recruit wide receiver in the NFC 22 years old oh ooh ooh Drake London oh, no sir Tom do you want to uh, you know what I'll, I'll, I'll go to the next next one but um, Tom's got a guess Tom's got a guess give me another clue I am bilingual what Okay. Um... <laughs> I don't see how that one is more helpful, but I love it. I love it, Michael. That's a great one. Uh, the last, the, the last point. Well, you'll you'll know who it is when the last point comes up. This this is the problem. This is this is why this game is the problem now. So you well, you you're assuming I will know, Mike. That's a big assumption. If he doesn't play for the Packers or play against the Packers on a regular basis, <laughs> well, if he's in the NFC, he, he, he there's a chance. He, he plays in the NFC North. Ah, oh, crap. NFC North. <laughs> He's bilingual. He's 22 years old. 22 means he's in the most recent draft, right, Michael? So is it James? Oh, I, I, need, I need a double check. Is he for this year or last year? Yeah. James um, Williams? No, but I will say this now and then get ready to put your uh, hands on the, on the metaphorical buzzer. Yes, go ahead. 
No, no, no. Go on. Give oh, me the last clue. <laughs> <He> went, <"Ooh." laughs> My family member also plays in the league. Oh, okay. Is that Amon Ross Abraham? It is, yeah. Ah, that's well done. 1-1. Yeah. One, one. He speaks German. His mum is from Germany. I knew that as or well. Or his dad. You told me that like last week. <laughs> oh, man. That's brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. Um, now, the next one, I, I think the next one's difficult. It's probably the most difficult out of all of them. So if you get a fair play. Um, so it's 1-1. One, one. I played my college football uh, for Montana State. I went undrafted in 2018 and was signed by the Seattle Seahawks. Do you want to keep going? <laughs> Hell yes. uh, no, no. Can I just have a second? Yeah, yeah. Go for now, it. Go. I think Montana State. Come on, man. Did you say the year he was drafted? Did you say 2018? Un- undrafted in 2015. Undrafted in 2015. Okay, keep going. And the Seahawks signed him. Yep. Yeah. I got it. Keep going. Please. Uh, I've played for many teams, either as a member of the main team or the practice squad, including the Patriots, the Vikings, and also in the Canadian Football League for the Calgary Stampeders. 2015. Who's the other team you said? You said Pats and who? Pats, Vikings, also the Eagles. Pats, Vikings, Eagles, Montana State. Is the position coming up as a clue or not? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the last one I give you before I give the position is um, last season the player scored an interception against the New York Giants. Scored a defensive player against the New York Giants. Why do I have a Nichols name in my head? So is there a Nichols? So he's a he's a linebacker. Linebacker. He scored. Oh, I can oh. see his face. All right, see, I can see him in uniform. Oh, 2015 for the Seahawks. And finally, he joined the Denver Broncos this season. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I've got no idea at all. <laughs> oh. Um, oh. It's not a singleton. It is. I'm literally just now ripping through that linebacker in my head. Patriots linebacker when went to Patriots linebacker who went to the Broncos. What was the stop between the Broncos and the Patriots? Eagles. So on a number of those teams, he would have been in the practice squad, and then he got his break for the Eagles. Oh, okay. No. This is gonna. This is gonna. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna throw my laptop <laughs> to the wall. I, I think you are because you just said you said his surname. It's Alex Single. Oh. Because I was like, I was like trying oh, to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, said it. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, okay. I think yeah. Uh, let's, let's move on to the next one before Ollie kills himself. Uh, one, one. We've, we've only got two more left. Mm-hmm. So. And um, well, if unless there's two, no, no half we'll points in Singleton. No, no, no. Okay, no um, way. You can't get we'll, we'll half points uh, for that. I, I can't, but I can't, I can't believe I'm even still in this. To be honest, on one one. I played my college career with Penn State. and was drafted in 2018. My team placed. Hmm? Take on Barkley. No, my team placed the franchise tag on me in March, and we won last weekend in the league. Mm-hmm. 2018 franchise tag. God, 
my brain is fried today. Singleton's going to live with me for weeks. This guy scored a huge touchdown last weekend. And I'll say this in case you want to jump in very quickly, lads. He's a tight end in the league. Oh, Mike Kosicki. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I knew I should got that on the franchise tag. Unbelievable. This next one's the easiest, just a heads up in case you're wondering. Oh, cool. This is why I'll probably just say it at once. And <laughs> yeah. then just Tom, just, just get ready just in case. Uh, okay, here we gonna, go. I just got a massive guesses straight away. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> Wrong person answer. Like it's yes. um, I was a pro bowler in 2015. <laughs> I went to Florida State for college. Yeah. Uh, I redshirted behind another NFL quarterback. I have thrown 94 interceptions in my career in the NFL. To Jimmy Winston. 90. Yeah. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the next, the next clue was, do I need to continue? So that was basically, yeah. I'll, I'll give this to Tom as Ollie's one as, as the last one. Um, I went to Arkansas in college. I had been voted an All-American uh, previously, and I am a three-time SEC champion. I have only played for two NFL teams, and wait, it's a little wait, bit wait. colder. He went to Arkansas in school, but he's a three-time SEC champion. He may have transferred. I literally put it down, but I'll, I'll double check. SC, it says SEC champion three time. I've played for two NFL teams, Tom, and it's now a lot colder where I am now in comparison to where I used to be. And I'll check that SEC fact while Tom. It's now colder. It's now colder. I think I got a stab at this, but. Is this suggesting that somebody's playing now in Green Bay? <laughs> it's not Green Bay. Yeah, uh, this guy was a three time all SEC. No, okay. all, all SEC. SEC man, my body. Yeah. yeah, I got. Yeah. Yeah. Where is he uh, called? Where is he called? He went from the west coast to the east coast. Can I can I jump in if Tom's gonna fry? Is it Hunter Henry? Yes. <laughs> Tom's face. This is like the turntables of the Simpsons episode. I actually I have to say, on a biased level, I, I really enjoyed that, but I will try and make it more uh, what's the word? Uh, Mainstream, but I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Next Look, week, we'll do players in the 70s. There's this the, 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 the thing is, here is is my knowledge of the NFL, right? Okay, let's 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 open let's pull the curtain back. Okay, right? I'm not here for my knowledge of the NFL, I have a working knowledge of the NFL, I have a passion for the sport, and I'm not an idiot. But in terms of my encyclopedia knowledge, it's, it's it's lacking. Therefore, to be quite honest, Mike, you got a hell of a challenge pitching it at a level that's equal for Ollie and I, and I think that that's always going to be a challenge. So if I take a loss against Ollie, yep. there's, there's nothing yep. to be ashamed of. What what evens the playing field is? I only watch the players, right? So I don't know anything to do. When we do the numbers ones, I have no clue, right? When it's like this, they've thrown mm. four thousand passing yards. I got no idea. Now, when you say instantly, Mike. Uh, this guy was drafted in 2015, went to Arkansas. I was working as an active scout in the NFL draft during those years. So it, it, it's immediately, I'm like, oh, Hunter Henry. So it, it's not really that, those kind of stuff about their college stuff is a completely unfair advantage. Now, if you said uh, he's he, he's caught 90 passes or whatever for three straight years, maybe Tom can rattle through the top tight ends in his mind. That's where the even playing field is. I feel mm-hmm. I look forward to developing through the keyhole <laughs> or through the NFL keyhole for the for the next appearance. But yes, I, I fully I fully appreciate that. And uh, I have to say you were doing well, Tom. You were one one. So I, yeah, not, honestly, not too bad. And I probably would have only got up a three of them out of five, seriously. So 
<laughs> still a lot better than me. <laughs> it's one better. Like, okay, yeah, probably probably two actually. You know what? I'll say two to make everyone feel better. But I, I, I really enjoyed this game. If it was three and you put it as a percentage, it would be 300% better. <laughs> I do like the idea of like a slow reveal where you do the one. There is a game like that, right? You do the one and that's really hard, but you get five points if you get it right. Because then if Tom only gets one or two, but he gets it on the fifth or the fourth one, maybe you're dropping some specific Packers ones for the guy. Now, now we're cooking with gas. You see, that's a great idea, but don't ever talk slow reveal because we're not doing naked attraction on this podcast. You again. know, even though it's a video podcast, no, oh never again, are we? <laughs> oh my god! And that's the game show. <laughs> and that's the game show. Right, let's move on and let's get to a little taste of island swivel. I don't know why I said swivel. Swivel, swivel. <laughs> Mike, to educators, this is the part of the show before listeners' questions where you give us an education on something to do with Ireland. Obviously, Ireland is a huge part of American subculture. It's a huge part, obviously, of British subculture. Um, and and Ireland is a huge part of Irish culture. When I say subculture, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, British subculture. Yeah, just, yeah. You're just a subculture, Mike. <laughs> I, I would actually like to hijack this segment this week, Michael, if that's okay with you, and ask a question that maybe gets us to something specific. I saw today off a, a writer who I follow for the Irish Times was tweeting about the touchdown chocolate bar. Now, obviously, this section for us is very food and uh, uh, influence. And, and in fact, Tom, in my local Sainsbury's, as I've told you before, where Erling Haaland shops, not to drop that name, uh, Michael and I discovered that they have now introduced a full is it just Northern Irish or Irish section, Michael? I can't remember. They've introduced a full Irish section. So that Both. I can now share some of these fun times and fun products with Michael. Team building. Yeah, apparently in, in the in the eighties and nineties there was a bar called Cadbury's Touchdown. Yeah, and it has it has like um it looks like a Niners player on it, right? It's it, I think they use like a license they're not supposed to use. It, it it certainly looks, I think is it Jerry Rice? I can't I can't remember, but it it looks like they sh- they did something that they weren't allowed to do with the um with the person on the bar. Where is it? So it's in the Irish Times today, all, like all, online, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have yeah. to do a, a segment on a future show where we think of player related p- food puns. Jerry Rice pudding. Sorry, it just came <laughs> into my mind. I would genuinely, any, honestly, MCFS questions. Know, that that works if it's just players who can note food and you say Jerry Rice. That's good. Just sticking the final part. I guess you got the rice pudding, but you that, you could just stick anything after any name. Well, you could say Jerry Rice and Beans, but all I'm saying is I think there's some in there. MCFquestions at gmail.com if you've got good player-related puns uh, relating to food. Anyway, carry on with this Taste of Ireland. Oh, my God. Where do I even start now? I, I do think well, we, we should maybe buy that chocolate bar on eBay and we all eat it. Like, it's mm. like 30 years old and we they record our reactions. Uh, yeah, I'll put a picture on the broadcast on, on the video of that if, you're, if you want to check out the video podcast, folks. Um, okay. Back to this Irish segment, and thank you for those kind remarks about how Ireland is uh, part of British subculture. It is. <laughs> um, okay, we're, we're going to talk today about mayo. Um, not about the sauce or the <laughs> about mayonnaise, uh, but about the county of Mayo on the west of Ireland. Um, county Mayo, and this is this is relevant to the NFL. So bear is with there me. Any, mayo, um, any association between County Mayo and the Mayo? Or is that too separate? And I don't, I don't want to get in trouble online here. I, I, no, I don't think so. I don't no, think so. Okay. Um, so there's 32 on the island of Ireland, 
both north and south, there's 32 counties, and those counties play each other. Ironically, like the NFL 32, they play each other in like a Gaelic football and hurling competition, which we can talk about for a different segment. But basically, the Mayo football team are quite are very popular. It's, it's the main sport in Ireland outside of rugby. So um, Mayo won the All-Ireland or the Super Bowl of uh, Gaelic football in 1950. 1936 sorry 1950 and in 1951 and in 1951 um on the way home or something from the all-ireland final they passed a funeral on the bus and they were basically drunk wrecking the place and uh, a priest said while every member of that team is alive they'll never win an all-ireland ever again so everyone says they're cursed so they've like they've got a curse uh apparently so since 1989 they've appeared and lost in their these finals 96 97 04 06 2012 2013, 2016, two games because it went to a replay, 2017, 2020, and 2021. Um, in 2021, my county beat them because it was hilarious because I was like, well, we, we can't lose the curse. And in 2021, they beat Dublin, who won it six years in a row. So everyone thought the curse was broken. Um, so it's a 58 or 59-year curse. Um, and the guy, the last surviving member, Paddy Prandergrass, I think his name is, died last year. So... There wow. is the big story. Now, my question for you too, this is, and you're like, what relevance does this have, Michael, to the NFL? Well, I'll ask you this. Who has got the Mayo curse? Maybe not as long as Mayo, but who has got a similar curse, do you think, in, in the NFL? Now, I'll say the Jets, but I don't believe in the curse at all, personally. I just think they're a bad football team. Yeah, so yeah. The curse is watching... that they're owned by Woody Johnson. That's the, that's the curse. Um, <laughs> I, I could only think through that, and I apologize. I'm sure I uh, assure you I was actively listening, but I was kind of reverting back to our other game, and I could just think of Jared Mayo the entire time, which is oh my like, God. Can food. <laughs> I was going to, well, I've got some, I'll, I'll come back to you in a sec, Mike. How about Nick Mangold chocolate bar or... Julius Pepper steak. That's a good one. Um, I, I cannot believe this, lads. You could also have Ray Rice and beans, as well as Jerry Rice and beans. In terms of you, in terms of the may, the Mayo court c- curse, um, the Jets does sound like a good candidate. The Browns is also Browns. one that you would say. Um, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has got a personal curse on him ever since that Seattle loss. Uh, in the, I, the problem game. with, with uh, pro football is not enough of the franchises have been around long enough for this kind of stuff. Like, remember the Cubs? They had the situation with the goat. You guys remember that where mm. they got a hundred year curse because they didn't let a guy bring his goat to the game, and so he cursed them, and then they literally didn't win the World Series for a hundred years. The the Red Sox had their curse of the Bambino. They trade away Babe Ruth to the Yankees as a pitcher. He becomes the greatest hitter to have ever played, and they can never win one because they, they traded the Babe. All that stuff happens you know, in, in the 30s and 40s and stuff, and we, we really need, like, it would have to be the Packers or someone to have a century-spanning curse. Um, uh, it, it almost brings us to kind of the Paul Pogba Killian Mbappe situation. Perhaps the worst curse in the history of curses. He, he cursed someone and he became the greatest footballer to have ever lived. <laughs> Actually, that's so messed up, lad. You need a that's serious so refund. Up. If you if you if you get a witch doctor to curse someone and they become the greatest footballer of all time, how do you go about extracting a refund from your witch doctor? I told the witch doctor, um, "You were in love with me." That's a song, isn't it? Dude, I uh, told the witch doctor, and so yeah. Sorry, I'm caught up now. I appreciate this, but how about <laughs> and Damakong soup? <laughs> I can't believe. I, can I just apologise to the people in Mayo? Actually, no. Do you know what? Because they were very rude to me in Dublin two years ago. So no. But they're cursed, and I, I don't know. Time will tell. 
I tell you what, lads, if Mayo gets the All Ireland, will we go and see if the curse is lifted? But will we actually go yes. to the crack? Yes. yes, we have to. We have to see the curse lifted. So if that happens, you've got to keep us informed, Mike, and we've got to go and see the curse be lifted. I completely agree. Um, and next bef- week we'll talk about the pl- uh, next week we'll talk about the national plowing championships. It's a real thing. <laughs> oh, Google it now. It's happening that. right now, and it's huge for the economy. Google it right now. It's massive. I am all for that. Let's save that for a taste of Ireland next week. Really before I, before I put a curse on this this show, let's move on to listeners' questions. So, two questions to get to this week before we close out the show. Remember, you can hit us up with your questions, comments, thoughts, food-related and NFL player puns, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Please, please get in touch. This show has always been about the listener interaction. So, first of all, Alex Price from Cardiff. He writes, what would you suggest a new or returning fan in order to learn about the game? Uh, the players, teams, tactics can be a bit overwhelming. Listening to the podcast has been a huge help and keen to learn more. Sorry if this is a question that's been asked a million times before. Thanks from a Steelers fan. Steelers fan, Alex Price, wants to know if you're a returning fan or a new fan, how can you learn more about the game? I suppose it's kind of bite-sized chunks. Remember GCSE bite-sized when it was on the telly, Ollie? Like, that's what we want. Uh, no, was not not a, a great student. Was not watching bite size. Uh, I don't believe was probably just playing football, <laughs> more than likely. Um, what do you need to learn about the game? I mean, it, that's a, it's a wide open ended question, right? There's a, there's a vast expanse of ways to go get information. You can binge as, if books is your thing. You read as many books as possible. If you like audio books, you listen to audio books. You you dig through as many podcasts as possible. Um, it, I think it depends what you want to extract from the game. Are you looking to learn about the history of the teams, the rivalries? Um, are you looking to learn about the more social cultural side of the game? Are you looking purely for schematic stuff? If so, you subscribe to the read optional and get it straight to your inbox and you mm-hmm. all the nerdy goodness out of that. Um, so I think it's uh, uh, get back in touch with us. What was the name of the listener? It was Alex Price. Alex Price. Get back in touch with us. It, let me know exactly how you like to consume things there's no judgments here you tell me what is your preference if it's blogs if it's books if it's podcasts you tell me what you're looking for and i will bring you five things for you to go and do for for some studying wow i love it talk about tailored service from oliver conley well done that man that's uh why he's the greatest and the godfather here uh, and then Jamie Foyle got in touch. And this is a good question. I like it. And I've got a very straightforward answer to this one, Ollie, and, I, and you might have the same one. His question is, is there any of the six undefeated teams still left that you think could make the full run like the 73-74 Dolphins? Now, my answer, Ollie, would be one I, I think it's very rare that we're going to see that. And I think it's almost impossible, particularly now that we're up to 17 games. And two, this year... I don't see it happening. The Bills would make a good run at it, but I just feel like it's in, it's just almost an impossibility. Yeah, I think it's it, it's almost impossible. Particularly, you look at the divisions they're playing in. The Chiefs that they're, they're going to drop a game to one of those teams in the AFC West. Uh, the Bucks are probably going to drop a game. They're probably not in division, to be fair. Although the, uh, the Saints might get them because the Saints always run them close. The Bills have the Dolphins situation. Then maybe Belichick does something wild one game, and they're able to to pull something out against Josh Allen. I know he housed them in the playoffs last year, but Belichick has, has deployed one-off strategies against him before and been able to get him. Um, so I, I guess the one, if you were looking for one, where you could make some sense would maybe be the Eagles. And I know that's tough because, again, in that division, you have a, a resurgent Giants team who are doing some really interesting things under Brian Dayball. You've got a Commanders team that, um, again, really interesting things offensively with Scott Turner, who I really like. And then they, they have uh, that front four who decide one week they want to play and decide the next week they don't want to play. 
Um, and then you got the Cowboys, who it, that depends on when. Obviously, Dak Prescott returns. What kind of Cowboys team you're facing? So if they can, if they can play the Cowboys without Dak, um, and they get a, a bad Daniel Jones game or a bad Carson Wentz game, then that's what you're looking at. The Eagles actually have the second weakest uh, strength of schedule in the NFL. Now they have maybe the best overall roster outside of quarterback, right? And they got a pretty good quarterback too. And they have the second weakest uh, strength schedule in the NFL. So if anyone has a chance to do it, it would be kind of this Eagles freight train that just picked up, I think, and ran along. Unless the Bills are just such a level above the Dolphins, which which they might well be. We'll find out this weekend. Um, but I think the smart money on that would be the one who can push it the furthest at least would probably be the Eagles. Yeah, you might be right there, Ollie, but I refuse to buy into this Eagles hype. I refuse to get onto the train until at least week 12. That's my rule on this one well, this well, year. Let, let, me, let me roll through this with you then. So they go at Washington this weekend. Do you think they win that game? Yes. Host Jacksonville? Yes. At the Cardinals? Mm, yes, but that is a question mark. That's that's a tight one because of Kyler, but the the yep. shocking defensively home to the Cowboys probably without Dak. Yes. Okay, home to Pittsburgh with Mitch Trubisky. Oh, Mitchell would be Kenny Pickett by then. It could be Kenny. Okay, so it's a home to either Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Yeah, it's irrelevant with <laughs> yeah at the at the the fight in Houston Texans. Oh dear God, keep going. At home to the Washington Commanders with Carson Wentz. That guy sucks. Move on. So you see how? So now we're into week eleven. So you see how? So if anyone's gonna push it, hang on. I said week. I said week twelve. What's week eleven? Week eleven is at the Indianapolis Colts with the fossilized Matt Ryan. What's week twelve? Home to the Packers. Oh, we got him. We got him right there. (laughs) So that's the one. So they 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 will be favored in every single game until week twelve. Yeah, and even then, they should probably be favoured in that game, to be quite honest, based on what I've seen from the Packers' offence so they have, far. They have, a, they have a better roster by some distance than the Packers' roster. It's just the quarterbacks, even the playing field. So, and they might not win all those games. This is the NFL. They'll probably drop a game to Arizona. They'll probably like lose their minds against Washington one week and, and stumble there. They, that could even be this week. But just in terms of general roster construction, who has the best rosters matching them uh, opponent versus opponent, they, they should win all those games until they get to, to Green Bay, and that's a coin flip. Wow, love it, love it. And great chat, Ollie. And again, this is a jumping off point that's come from a listener's question. So thanks so much for getting in touch. And please hit us up, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Throughout the week, I will collate them, send them whenever you like. Uh, and remember, you can find us on Twitter, at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more, and at uh, Michael underscore NFL. Uh, is it Michael underscore NFL? Mike, have I got that wrong? You've got it right, my friend. Okay, good stuff. Right. But until next week... We hope you have an absolutely fantastic weekend of NFL games. It is goodbye, first of all, from the great Stereo Mike. Stereo Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. It's goodbye from the Godfather himself. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Have a fantastic weekend. 